You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. One of the things about me that you guys might have learned last time that I spoke is that I like to take things that God is doing in my life um, and, and share them and teach them because I feel like I, I can't really teach something if I have not been transformed by it or if I have not wrestled through it because how am I going to communicate something that I, I don't really know or hasn't really impacted me? And there is something that happened about eight months ago. I, I was spending time with the Lord, and, and I had this conversation with God, and it was really simple. It started out like this. Hey, how are you? And then I heard, hey, Scott, who do you say that I am? Well, you're God. Yeah, but who am I to you? Well, you're, you're almighty creator. You're the one who breathed life into this world. You're the one who breath, breathed life into me. Yeah, but who do you say that I am? Started me on a journey that was mind-blowing. Something that I did not realize over the years I had become, I had become calloused to. Something that I realized that God had become a hey. God had just become a name. And that I had forgotten the God that I was approaching. That I had brought myself to a place that he was more a taskmaster or a doer than he was a creator. Anybody else understand what I'm talking about? You're probably looking at your own prayer life right now and going, yeah, I, I would agree to that. In fact, I am a dad, and I remember the first time that my wife called me when I was at work, and my son was on the other line, and he was saying dada, right? And I was really hoping he would say cowboys, but he said dada. <laughs> it's still just as good, right? And I remember from that moment on, I, was, I would walk in the door, and he would run up to the door just screaming dada at the top of his lungs, so excited to see me. And as I was having this conversation with God, I was taken to a place in my life where I remember I was in my teenage years, and my parents were no longer mom and dad. They were haze. You know what I'm talking about? If you have kids, you understand. It's no longer, hey, dad. It's no longer daddy. It's no longer mom. It's no longer mother. It's, can I have the car keys? Can I go stay at somebody's house? Where's the food at? What's for dinner? Well, there's a, I just did the shopping. Yeah, but what's for dinner, right? Like we, we forgot, at least me, I, maybe this is just me, forgot who I was addressing when I walked into my home. That respect, that awe, that wonder for my parents was gone. This is where I sat eight months ago figuring out what in the world I'm doing and who I'm approaching. So if you guys would open your hearts this morning as I pray, because this is a journey that I've been on, and it's been an incredible journey, and I really hope that you guys would be able to join me on this journey. And my prayer is today that not only you would receive the word that spoke today, but it would do something in your life, that it would transform your thinking, your approach to who God is. Can we do that? Father, we thank you for this morning, and it's for you and to you, we are here. God, it's the one time of the week where we 
are not selfish. In fact, if I'm honest, we even come to church as selfish people. We're looking for what we get out of it. But God, in all honesty, this service or these services is designed to honor you. It's designed to praise you. It's designed for us to set us aside for a moment and just focus on the one thing that matters, and that's you. And so we open our hearts to you today, and we ask that you would speak a word that would change our life forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you remember the last time, if you were here that I spoke, I spoke on John 3.16, something that was very familiar to all of us. Well, if I were going back eight months ago, you would see that it starts with a very familiar verse yet again in Matthew chapter 6. If you have a Bible, a Bible app, or the Bible in front of you, if you could flip over to Matthew chapter 6, we are going to get into it this morning. This verse is the one that we are focusing on, but I'm going to talk and read through the majority of it right now. Verse 5, Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How many of you guys have heard the Lord's Prayer before? Pretty much like, even if you watch movies, right, somewhere along the line they've said this before a meal, or somewhere you've heard this first. How many of you guys have memorized this set of verses before because of your upbringing, right? Okay, so it, it's a widely used verse. It's one that's known across all parts of Christianity. Doesn't matter, it, it's been used. In some parts, it's used a lot more than others. This is one that's very near and dear to us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Scott, who do you say that I am? I want to set the stage here because this is what's happening, okay? Jesus is standing here, and I picture them walking down the streets, looking at a priest or priests on the side, heaping up phrases or words aloud so people would look at them. And Jesus says, for I tell you, they receive their reward. Their reward is that people look at them and think and believe that they are holy. In fact, they believe that they are so holy that they don't even dare attempt what they are doing. In fact, it is so intimidating that probably the majority of people don't even go to their houses because they think and believe that they cannot pray the same way that these priests have prayed. And here Jesus is saying, I tell you, everything you've been taught is not right. What you have witnessed and what you have seen is not the God that wants to have relationship with you. 
And so he says, look, I tell you, they're heaping up empty phrases. They're heaping up words. They're receiving their reward. But what I'm going to tell you is so different that you will probably look at me as if I'm an idiot. And what I tell you is not to do what they are doing, but I'm telling you to go into your closet, shut your door, and the Father who is in secret will reward you with secrets. Then he goes on, as you pray, pray these words, our Father in heaven. Now, I can imagine the disciples' face in this moment was one of dumbfounded perplexion. They couldn't figure out what in the world Jesus was even saying. It was like he was speaking a different language because of how Jesus approaches how to pray, our Father in heaven. Let me explain something to you. See, in the Old Testament, there is a name that's given for God. It's the promised name of God. It's Yahweh. In fact, there are no, the way that the Israelites spelt it, there were no vowels. It was Y-H-W-H. This name of God was so holy that people were afraid to even speak this name. In fact, they whispered it or they breathed it out because they were fearing the name of God to the point of the Ten Commandments, right? Do not use the Lord's name in vain. This was one of the things that they came to believe was that by saying his name wrong, or potentially saying it wrong, was using his name in vain. So for thousands of years, they have heard story upon story of God's amazing blessing, of God's amazing provision, of God's awesome protection. And then they also heard of how great and mighty this name was to where there was anger and there was wrath and there was death and there was a hand removed to where enemies were coming in on his people. This is the same God that they've learned about. So you can imagine Jesus standing here looking at his disciples and saying, everything that you've been taught, I want you to unteach. And I want you to approach the creator of the universe as the most intimate name that you could call a father. Several years ago, uh, there was a group of guys that were hanging out. We were like 24, 25 years old, uh, just kids, right, um, trying to find our way. We were having a small group. We were hanging out. We were having food because if there's a small group and I'm around, there has to be food. And so it was an Italian family, so you can imagine the entire dining room. And I mean, it's guys, so every time you eat, there's an eating contest, you know, all the good stuff. And so we're hanging out and we're playing Mario Kart, right, on Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64, and, and it was like super competitive. So you imagine these grown guys playing Mario Kart, controllers getting broken, people screaming at each other, TVs weren't broke, but I mean, that's how intense this time was. And then all of a sudden, there was this sporadic prayer service that started in this house. It was, it was crazy, it was weird, but it was amazing. To where all of a sudden, some guy had this harebrained idea that we should all get in a circle and hold hands. Now, if you know anything about me, I hate that. 
I don't want to. I don't want to feel your clammy, sweaty hands. Especially guys, it's going to be calloused, sweaty hands because most of them were like musicians. So you, you know, I mean, come on. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Everybody's doing it. I'll just do it. So we're gathering around. We hold hands, and it just so happens the guy. Literally, I remember this. He looks at me. He goes, "I'm just letting you know, my hands sweat a lot." And I'm like. (laughs) Albert, I love you, but I hate you right now. And you're doing this constantly, like, oh my gosh, what were you on a slip and slide? What? And we start praying, and it gets to this newer guy. Just met him that night. And he starts off his prayer like this. Daddy, how great you are. I remember I was filled with such rage and such frustration. How dare you pull God down to your small little mind and call him daddy? How dare you take the creator of the universe, one who is bigger than all things, and minimize him to something so small and playful like a two-year-old child? How dare him? And I remember I walked away from this time so bent and out of shape, and it ate away at me to the point where I studied the names of God because I awaited the time that I got to sit down and teach him what's what. So I'm sitting, I'm a pastor at this time, mind you. I'm sitting with another one of my best friends who is also a pastor on staff, and I look at him, and we're talking about all the awesome things that are going on with the guys in in this group. Our young adults group literally went from 60 to 300 in overnight. I mean, what was happening was incredible, and it was because of the guys that were leading this group. And I said, hey, what's the deal with this guy's prayer? You know him better than me. Why haven't you pulled him aside and talked to him? And he smiled at me like Vince does, and he says, why don't you ask him? Well, I don't, I don't want to ruin a relationship right off. People already take me differently, and, and I, I don't want to start it off this way. No, I think it would be really good for you to ask him, and I'm like, so should I bring notes? What should I do? Like, and he's like, just ask him. So a couple weeks go by, you know, and as Christians do, we throw these awesome parties with root beer and sausage plates and stuff like that. And we're hanging out, having the best time that we think at that time was great. And he walks in the room and he comes over to me and he's like, hey, Scott, how you doing? And I was like, hey, man, do you have a minute? I'd like to talk to you outside. And he goes, well, only if I'm not in trouble. And I'm like, he's like, well, because the pastor is saying, can I talk to you outside? Generally isn't a good sign, Scott. You should probably work on your bedside manner. I'm like, don't worry. Uh, it's, you're not in trouble? And so we go outside and we start talking and I go, hey, I just have something that's been on my mind for quite some time now and I need to know your take on this. And he's like, yeah, man, shoot. And I was like, when you pray, why do you say daddy? He said, well, you know, when I was little, my dad left me. I grew up hating male authority in my life. In fact, I was disconnected from it. I wouldn't even go to my friends' houses that had dads around because I was always so angry. 
and I was raised Catholic. We weren't practicing Catholics. The only time we prayed was really around a meal, and we did the Lord's Prayer. And God was just this terrible guy, and guys were just terrible people. Until one day, my friend in high school invited me to church, and during worship, I was kind of looking around, and I saw this crazy picture in my head. I had fallen down, and I had scraped my knee really bad, and off in the distance, this fatherly figure comes walking up and scoops me up in his arms and sits down with me on his lap, and he's just whispering amazing things in my ear as he puts something wet and cold on my sore to help it heal right and be cleaned. And he said, Scott, from that moment on, he became my daddy. And no matter what, I will always call him daddy. So you can imagine me, the guy that always has something to say, was shut up instantly. And I asked for a little bit of time because I needed to process. Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, in your most intimate moment with the creator of the universe, his heart is that you would know him as daddy. Mind-blowing. The creator of the universe. The one who spoke life into being wants me to know him as an intimate father, as one who picks me up when I fall down and doesn't scold me because of the decision I made while I was getting hurt or what brought me to get hurt. A God who wants to hold me when I'm confused and I don't have the answers and I'm searching for my way. A God who listens to my rants and my raves because he wants to have an intimate relationship with me. Scott, who do you say that I am? Am I just a hey? Am I just a God? The world serves gods. Am I just a God? Am I just a taskmaster? Am I just the one that gets you from point A to point B? Or am I your daddy? You see, one of the things I've learned being in youth ministry that disconnects their relationship with God and moving to the next level is their ability to relate with a God who is their father because their home lives have been absent from fathers. But the moment that they start seeing God as their father, as their daddy, there's something that happens in their life that transforms it and nobody can ever tell them otherwise. You know the truth? It's the same for adults. Because I'm willing to bet that based off of your childhood or based off of your experience that you had with a father or absence of father, it affects your relationship today. And that relationship, God is wanting to take it to the next level so you can receive the healing, so you can receive the provision, so you can receive the things that he wants for you. But because we're so caught up with this term, Father, it disconnects us completely from everything else. Going back to the Old Testament, 
There is this name Jehovah. All you guys have heard Jehovah? Jehovah was the other word for Yahweh, essentially. Jehovah was the English way of tapping a name onto something. I love the name Jehovah because what it signifies is that God is all things to all people. He isn't categorized. He isn't one thing. He is all things. And this is what I mean by this. In Psalm 23, there is amazing words that we've all heard at memorial services. My God, the shepherd, leads me beside still waters. He sets a table for me in the midst of my enemies. Think about that. In the midst of the chaos around me, God, my shepherd, sets a table for me to dine at. In the midst of that, Jehovah Ra. Yahweh was used 6,500 times. But yet in this moment, the writer of Psalms experienced God as a shepherd in his life. And so therefore, God was a shepherd. Here's another one. Jehovah Shalom. In Judges 6.24 is where Gideon calls this altar Jehovah Shalom, the God of our peace. In a time where they did not have kings, they had judges. The Israelites constantly were making dumb decisions. They were constantly being held captive by other nations. And God raised up this guy, Gideon, to do a miraculous work. And after this miraculous work, Gideon said, my God, the God of peace. No, not that he takes everything away, but that Gideon learned in the midst of everything, there is peace. Here's another one, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. It was only used once in the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 22. Picture a man, grown man, old man, Abraham taking his son, who is believed to be at least the age of a teenager, if not older, to sacrifice him because he believed that's what God told him to do. So I can't imagine the conversation leading up to this thing, but here Isaac submits to his father, lays down, and before Abraham goes through with it, he is believing God will provide, and there in the thicket is a ram caught. And an angel comes to him and says, Abraham, don't. Here's your provision for sacrifice. And in that moment, God became a God who provides. Think of the magnitude of God. Who is he to you? One of my favorite ones that I haven't talked about is Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who heals. I love the scriptures that are in your notes. Read them, study in them, study them. They take you through all the times in the Old Testament where God became a healer for them. But see, I personally know that one. 
I personally have seen it happen in my family where God was a healer and the doctors weren't. Where the doctors had no clue God was. I'm not here to explain why some things happen and other things don't. But you cannot shake the fact that I know God to be a healer. See, in those moments, God became a healer to his people. Now, let's fast forward time. Jesus says, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He said, our Father. God wants to be all things to all people. But unfortunately, what's happened is we've allowed our circumstances, we've allowed our families, we've allowed our friends and their experiences to shape the way that we see and experience God to where he's just become a hay or he's only worth the time at a meal not in our life. The way I know that is because as I'm taking this journey eight months ago, I'm realizing that I have moved more into religion than I have into relationship, and it was something that scared me. And it transformed my life. Because at one point in my life, I believed every single one of those things to where when I approached God, it was the Lord who heals, the Lord will provide, the Lord is peace, the Lord is my shepherd, he is my Lord, and he also is my daddy. But somewhere along the line, I had moved into religion and lost relationship. And I ask you guys this morning, who do you say God is? Or better yet, asked, who do you need him to be today? I'm going to invite the worship team to come out because I believe that some things are happening in your hearts right now. We're going to close with a song. What's going to happen is there's going to be prayer team, youth leaders are going to be up front ready to pray for you. This isn't a time to worry about what other people are thinking. This is a time to act on what God is doing inside of your heart right now. It is not a time to walk out of these doors shoving that feeling down inside. Because what I'm telling you is I know that through prayer, there are people in here that need to experience God as their father. And just that alone is gonna break the ice in so many miraculous things within your relationship with him and in your life you have no idea, but once you can get over that hurdle, is it easy? No, it is not easy, and that's the great thing about this is we get to do this together. Some of you need physical healing in your body. I believe that God wants to heal you this morning. I believe that there are people in this room that need emotional and spiritual healing, and God wants to provide that for you this morning. I believe that some of you don't even know what tomorrow holds for your job, that some of you don't even know where that next meal is going to come from, and God is wanting to show himself as a provider to you this morning. Some of you need a shepherd to guide you because you've been doing it your own way the whole time, and all you need to do is just back up and say, take the reins because I need a shepherd. And some in this room need a Lord and a Savior And this is your time.
What a better weekend for this to take place. Can we stand? Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.